0: Thank you for joining us for 3Bs on the Law podcast, hosted by Trisha Barita, Camille Canali, and Susan Dawson. Disclaimer, this podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Also remember, laws change for they differ by jurisdiction. So this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you.
1: Hi, everybody, and welcome to another special edition of Three Bs on the Law. We're here today to follow up on our special corporate series. Uh, We started out with corporations versus LLC, and today we want to talk a little bit about the corporate maintenance that's required if you decide to incorporate versus some other business entity. And so one of the things I was going to start out talking about Mm -hmm. is the articles of incorporation. And so many states, I know Susan and I were talking before we got started today, have different requirements about how specific you have to be in your articles of incorporation regarding the nature of your business. And so you want to make sure when you review those articles that you understand them and that your business, if it is defined within your articles of incorporation, um, that, that you're still within that and operating within that business. So for example, uh, if you decide that you are going to be a spinach manufacturer of spinach products for the grocery store and you have dropped that business and are now uh, buying and selling auto parts, you probably need to amend your articles of incorporation to conform with the business that you're in. And so with that, Tricia, I think you're going to talk about the bylaws and what you need to do to review those on an annual basis.
0: Sure. So the bylaws have a lot of good, uh, meat in exactly what you're trying to, um, Uh, accomplish with the corporation. And so you're going to go there to see, okay, do I have the registered agent uh, named properly? And do is the office where the registered agent can be served? And this is, you know, you don't want to think about getting sued, but if you're going to be sued, your registered agent is where the lawsuit generally is going to go. And so if you don't have that up to date, which I'm sure you ladies have seen that before where it's unfortunate because you know uh, a lawsuit gets served to the nowhere location of the non non um, non updated registered agent, and then um, it, it counts as service. You know if that's where you claim that the registered agent is going to be, and sometimes you can end up with a default judgment against you, and that's, that's that's just a big mess to unwind if you even can, depending on the timing of everything. So, registered agent, registered office is important. Also, understanding you know, uh, when you're going to hold those, those corporate meetings, where you're going to hold them. I think a big piece of it is also an understanding of the notice and how notice is given and, and following it to the letter. Sometimes, you know, it's not as much as maybe you're not updating that. It's just making sure that you're all following it. Say you've added, you know, additional people into the organization, the corporate, um, you know, corporation, since you originally created the bylaws. Well, if you don't have an onboarding process where they're familiar with it, Uh, then you need to make sure that, you know, everybody is on board, at least on an annual basis of understanding how all that works, just so that later on, you're not claimed to not be following the appropriate specific pieces about the bylaws. And we could go a lot more in depth with the bylaws, but I'll go ahead and turn over to Susan.
2: Right. So another thing along with the bylaws that you want to be sure that you're looking at would be your shareholder agreement, if you have one. um, And, uh, your buy sell provisions in the shareholder agreement, or you might just have a buy sell agreement. Some corporations don't have that full blown shareholder agreement. A shareholder agreement would have uh, it might have some discussions on voting and what what has to be approved by directors. Um, and what has to be approved by shareholders and what might require a supermajority, what might be a simple majority, what might be unanimous requirements. So you want to make sure that you're complying with that because if you're proving items not in compliance with your shareholder agreement and then you start fighting amongst the shareholders and we get into some sort of uh, business divorce situation or, or just anyone, you know, a minority shareholder filing an oppression suit or any type of litigation between the shareholders, you find out that you haven't been following your documents. It's going to be a big problem in your litigation. So you want to make sure that you're in compliance with that. Uh, regarding buy sell, you want to make sure that that the terms still make sense for your business. You know, when you're starting out, the business might not be worth very much, so maybe you didn't have life insurance in place, or maybe you said we'll buy you out cash. You know, on the day of closing, and now suddenly your business is worth millions, and you need to you need a you need ten years to buy them out, or five years to buy them out, or maybe now you're closer to retirement, or you have other issues so you should be looking through those buy sell provisions and making sure that they really align with what is true for you and your shareholders today including uh what do you think the business is worth have some discussions about that so that people aren't fighting over the valuation of the business when it comes down to it what about some annual planning items camille
1: so susan you actually touched upon a few of those issues already you know, oh, the
2: business, <laughs>
1: no, you're not. Um, when you have your uh, annual meeting, you should be looking at what events are going to come up or expected to come up during the year. So, for example, uh, is the business planning on trying to purchase another business as part of its growth strategy? Is the business want to merge with another business? Are you looking to sell off part or all? of the business. Um, those are all things that should be discussed up front at the annual meeting that actually do have a lot to do with the shareholder agreement um, as well in some aspects. Um, you also wanna look at potential litigation you know, at that time and insurance coverage at your annual meeting. So you're planning so that you've got your uh, legal pieces and your insurance pieces in place for your business, which is hopefully growing by leaps and bounds Um, and requires that annual planning uh, to go along with it. You know, are you wanna try to buy real estate. So instead of renting office space, do you wanna try to own it? Or instead of leasing a manufacturing space, do you wanna try to own it? Um, And the equipment that goes with that. So those are all pieces, kind of the bigger pieces um, that go into that uh, with respect to annual planning. And Tricia, I think you're gonna talk about updating the policies and agreements
0: that go with some of those pieces. Sure, so, and, and you guys chime in here cause I'm sure we all have a lot of thoughts on this, but the, you know, the updating of the policies of the company, we are all big fans that that should occur on an annual basis, especially right now because so much has changed. So, uh, but you would definitely want to know, first of all, are we following exactly what we put forth as the policies? Maybe they don't fit the culture. And so we, you know, while you have wishful thinking when you're creating that beautiful handbook, if it's not being followed, that evidence is almost worse than having no policies at all. And and in my thought on it, so having an updated handbook that actually everyone's following, doing some training and, and in accordance with those policies, maybe you have a separate safety or procedure manual, especially during COVID, you know, where you're, you're trying to identify who's in charge of pieces of the safety around the workplace and um, how safety concerns get reported and making sure that everyone has an understanding of that. And then also agreements related to anything from external agreements that the business may have with other third parties, uh, vendors and other other issues, revisiting those and making sure that uh, you're still in compliance with whatever those terms are, that you're following them specifically so that you're not creating the sort of liability that Camille talks about. What do you think, guys? Anything else on that?
1: Listen, I think communicating and documenting
2: are... (laughs) I was just thinking, why is Camille not documenting
1: yet? (laughs) Um, In addition to the documenting, I think it's really important that these ideas and policies and procedures and potential value of the company, that it's all communicated and communicated effectively to make sure everybody's on the same page from board of directors on down to you know the guys that are actually working on the floor in my spinach factory that I invented at the beginning of
0: this. your hippie granola spinach factory I got it <laughs> I love that I love that part of you Camille you bring out my hippie granola which I didn't even know I had so I met you but yeah
1: all right and with that thank you so much for joining us on this special episode of three b's on the law Thank you for joining us on today's podcast of Three B's on the Law. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast. We also welcome any comments. If you'd like to get in touch with us or suggest a future topic, you can email us at three, T-H-R-E-E, B's on the Law at gmail.com. And because we're lawyers, we need to remind you that this podcast is not meant to provide you with legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Thank you again for joining us and have a great day.